Well, hello there, my dear audience. It's Friday evening here, and I had a pretty hectic day. If you listened to my previous podcast, then you probably already heard the story. Which brings me to another tool, a crucial tool of self-improvement. And in this episode, I will be talking about meditation, my discovery of meditation, how I see meditation, and um, how we can all benefit from it. So it was about a good 20 years ago. I had a friend. We did a tour guide course together. And then she later became a student of the Dalai Lama. She went to learn uh, Buddhist philosophy in... um, Dharamsala in India. And every time she came back to Israel, she was telling me mostly about the rational side of the philosophy. She learned philosophy. She was more into the philosophy part. And I was like, how is that possible that you are learning Buddhist philosophy and you are not practicing meditation? And meditation is like a a pillar of Buddhism. And then I said to myself, well, how can I even judge her? I mean, did I ever try meditation? I mean, consciously that, okay, I'm going to do it. So around that time, I met my first significant spiritual influence I was in a period of time that I was still not ready to forgive my mom. And um, I also started to go and discover the world of psychedelics and trance music, which, of course, brings with it an opening of what you previously perceived as your consciousness. And through that opening, there were experiences and visions that definitely changed who I am, but I will absolutely prepare a different episode about psychedelics. So to get back to meditation, there I was sitting with this significant teacher who was actually 10 years younger than me, but she was like totally powerful. And I told her, look, I'm having this and this and this kind of visions and and uh, thoughts and um, like higher level communications. And please just tell me I'm not crazy. So she took me on a journey together with her. We did a guided imagery. And there I was experiencing this beautiful, beautiful, amazing, picturesque scenery, being loved and welcomed and surrounded by just pure good vibes and good energy and it was amazing and I liked it and we came back from that we came down more correct to say from that meditation from that guided meditation and I felt a big difference I was like okay There is a lot more 
There is a lot, lot, lot more. And I started to just sit down. And uh, of course, my friend, the student of the Dalai Lama, told me how the Buddhist monks do practice meditation. That you're supposed to sit in lotus, yeah? Like your legs crossed and your back straight and your eyes focused somewhere in front of you, like 45 degrees. And uh, the Buddhist monks, they focus on their breath. They focus actually the way the air feels when it enters your nostrils and it leaves your nostrils. So they are really, really focusing their thoughts on their nose, on the way the air, the air passages, yes, the way it goes, the airways, the way it goes in and the way it comes out. And that was way too difficult for me. So uh, I put up a candle in front of me, like 45 degrees, and kind of like half closed my eyes. I was like, all right, I can do this. I can do this. And then everybody who has ever practiced meditation will tell you that the first few minutes can be... (laughs) in a way, very, very, very confusing and very annoying and very frustrating because that moment when you decide, okay, now I'm going to sit down to meditate, all your thoughts flood your brain. Like like a dam has been, you know, broken or, you know, by a huge flood of unwanted thoughts or whatever is going on in your mind and you're sitting there and you're like, Okay, so what did she say? How am I supposed to do that? Focus on the light of the candle. Just focus and don't go after the thought. You see a thought. Okay, here it comes. Okay, uh, my teacher said today this and this and this. Don't go after the thought. Focus your thought back on the light in front of you. And it takes practice. It definitely takes practice. But I did it. And even when I sat for five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, the experts say there is no such thing as a failed meditation because the moment you put your intentions to it, there is already actually a chemical reaction in your brain. There is something seriously happening in your synopsis, in your, in your brain, in your brain structure. So there I was doing this for a while and I got better at that. I quit the candle and I just started to sit. And I started to have those amazing experiences that everybody talks about. These otherworldly, spiritual, enlightening life-changing experiences of floating and being totally overwhelmed by the beauty of what is on a day-to-day basis hidden from our eyes. I switched tactics at some point because I understood that sitting down 
and my legs fell asleep and my back was hurting because you become like this nothing. The whole point of meditation at the end of the day is not to think. It's to have this emptiness in the brain. I'm sure you're familiar with the fact that about a 15-20 minute meditation is like a four-hour sleep for the brain. Think about it. An average person has about 30,000 thoughts a day. 30,000 thoughts from the moment you open your eyes or sometimes even before it, of course, until you fall asleep. It's an endless thinking machine. And to give it that break, shutting it down just like a computer and restarting it is extremely beneficial. Really feels like a shutdown because that's what it is. So having that no thought area, reaching that space of emptiness, blank, there is nothing, only your breath. And you are aware, but you're not. That's where the magic happens. So I started to lie down on the floor to be more comfortable. And only later, many years later, I discovered when I started to practice yoga, Shavasana, yeah? The corpse pose at the end when you sink into the floor. So that's how I actually started to train myself to release because it's a lot more comfortable to meditate when you're heavy, when you don't have to hold your back and focus on your legs falling asleep or feeling it that they are falling asleep. You're just heavy sinking into the carpet or the sand or the grass. And I had amazing, amazing journeys. And I met many spiritual, really spiritual experiences, creatures, messages, visions that I am more than grateful for. I used to put an alarm clock. I used to put an alarm clock because it's kind of addictive at some point. I never fell asleep, but you kind of reach that stage of nothingness where you can easily fall asleep, especially when you're lying on your back and you're completely comfortable and safe and heavy. So meditation is huge. Huge. You don't have to aim for meeting or experiencing outwardly, spiritual life or insights or whatever you want to call it. Just the fact of clearing out your brain, allowing it to shut down and restart. I highly, highly suggest to everyone. And why am I bringing all this up? Because, of course, there are lots of kinds of meditation. 
transcendental meditation, meditation in movement. Actually, as we said, as we define meditation is being thoughtless, this empty space. So think about it. There are people, you meditate when, for example, you paint or you do the gardening. When your brain is blank, the idea is blank. I love meditation in movement. When you're so focused on, the th on, on, on your breath, on your body, that your brain is completely blank. That's probably the reason why I love Ashtanga Yoga so much. Another huge thing is dance meditation, trance meditation, meditation through dance. When you're also allowing your body to move, not in yoga, yes, but through dancing, walking meditation, when you just walk and focus your brain on not thinking. That's the point, not thinking. I think meditation also allows us to get to know ourselves much better, get to know how limitless we truly are, the power, the immense power that we all carry. Of course, the power of our own brain, our thoughts. In today's New Age jargon, many people talk about mindfulness, as in being aware of your thoughts, what you think. I see mindfulness as a result of meditation. Because think about those 30,000 thoughts a day. How do you get to being mindful of all those 30,000 thoughts you think a day? I believe that first the first step is clearing the mind, being able to meditate, make it blank, allow it to rest. So those 30,000 thoughts might decrease to maybe just 15 because your brain is, in a way, happy. <laughs> it's blank. I personally would make sure that every child is taught meditation tools at school. I think it's, it's, it's one of the most important things also in education. Children who have ADHD or ADD, they have, their brain is running around like crazy. It helps you to learn better. It helps you to focus better from a very early age. I have lived in alternative communities. I have a lot of friends who are from what in today's world they call alternative lifestyle. And I see their children, how they were brought up. They were brought up 
sitting side by side their parents while their parents were meditating or dancing side by side their parents while their parents were in a dance meditation. What's going on in their mind, inside their brain, nobody knows. But from a very young age, they are aware that there is this sacred space inside, inside our head, inside our mind, that is private. It's only yours and yours only. And they learn to respect that. They learn to work with that. They, I believe they also learn to discover themselves better, easier. So today, especially after this insomnia crazy madness night that I was carried away by what I consider the misfortune Listen to my previous episode if you're interested. But to get back to the point, I meditated. I meditated on purpose while I was making my chocolate brownie cake in the morning. And then when I chose to do the jigsaw. And when I went for a walking meditation on the beach. And I sat down officially, with a candle, the good old-fashioned way, to bring myself back to my center, to my healthy thought processes. You know, spirituality is not a word I completely agree with because in my point of view, there is only one energy and but it's easier to think about the more hidden the more mysterious esoteric magical unseen realms as spiritual and the more physical material three-dimensional energy yeah what the reality you see around you is what we call like life I must press, I must say it again that in my point of view, there is no distinction between spirituality and what we call life here. It's one energy. But for the sake of the argument, meditation is not only a spiritual tool. Meditation is a tool of self-discovery, of centering yourself, being aware, first of all, of who you are, your thoughts, and discovering the power that resides in all of us. So I wish you to enjoy every second of meditation. And don't forget, there is no such thing as a failed meditation it doesn't matter how you do it. If you sit with the candle, if you focus on your breath, if you walk, you do the gardening or you bake a cake, as long as you allow your brain to restart. That's it for today.
Talk to you next time.